Welcome to the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs, bringing you from zero to 60 in the non-fungible token world without breaking the bank. With your hosts, Andrew, aka Rantum, and George from Mostly Stable on Zed Run, who will help you navigate new projects, interview expert guests, and explore NFT trends. So whether you're on your first or 50th NFT, we're going to have something for you. And as a quick note, we are not, I repeat, not financial advisors, and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Alrighty, disclaimer over, let's get to it. This week on All About Affordable NFTs, well, we are talking about a future where NFTs actually may be a solution to this rise of deep fakes powered by AI. All of this content that can now be generated at the click of a button. I mean, I was playing around with some voice modulators and I had a mock interview with uh, Morgan Freeman. Uh, it was pretty funny and I can mimic his voice. It actually wasn't that funny, George. I can mimic Obama. I agree with Morgan Freeman on this one, George. I can mimic any number of elected officials or musicians with literally like log in and click and add text. So it's, it's there now. So in that environment, we're talking about NFTs as a solution, although obviously they wouldn't be called NFTs, but we all know what they are. How's it going? Man, go well. You know, I think this is, is this really you I'm talking to, George? Or, you know, do you have some sort of uh, deep faith, uh, you know, doing the pod now? Oh, wow. If I could outsource that job. Well, that's why we do it on video. Keep us honest. Yeah, that's right. Keep us well, honest. That's right. Except we don't push that one out there, do we? Oh, no, absolutely not. They, uh, you they, know, we only they 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 ourselves yeah. when we're drinking wine, I think. <laughs> For whatever reason, that's, uh, that's what the people want. It's safer. Safer this way. But yeah, uh, what are you seeing on news? All right. We are seeing continued interest in Bitcoin, Bitcoin, not Bitcoin, the Bitcoin and the Bitcoin NFTs. They're continuing to, to mint at record numbers. I'm, I'm surprised by how strong uh, the interest has stayed in Bitcoin. We've also seen after a bit of a dip, the, the price is back up. Bitcoin has certainly garnered much more uh, interest as of late than it had been. And, uh, you know, it's the, the NFTs aren't going away here. I've been trying to kind of like understand this because I feel like this is the same like movie that we've watched like back in ICO days. And then again, in the the run ups of 2021 on, yeah, net, like yet another PFP, like Right now, Pepe coin is like crushing it. Like we already had the Pepe meme that like was a thing. It ran its course. However, one thing that I'm now realizing is actually there have been this sort of separated enclave of Bitcoin hodlers. And I think that taps into the sort of like, oh, what would you spend your Bitcoin on? What would you transact in? And I think this might be a, a way that you know, this type of, you know, memeage uh, is is accessing the latent capital of Bitcoin. What is your, like, I'm, I'm just sort of throwing darts because I just kind of don't get how they're, they're doing this other than like, oh, there's like provenance of a new instance on 
Bitcoin and people with capital. You need that part for prices to run up. I know those elements have to be there. Yeah. I mean, we've seen sometimes in the past that, you know, big increases in price have actually added more liquidity to the NFT ecosystem. I think that could be part of it here. We've also seen, we've seen a lot of new developments in the, the NFT, the token technology in, uh, in Bitcoin or on, on the Bitcoin layer or recently it's this BRC 20 protocol that's been more popular, uh, in the past we've had our ordinals and I know I'm, uh, blanking on the one that was before that, but we seem to be quickly iterating through, uh, different variations of, of NFTs here. I think that could be part of it. It does seem that there, there's a lot. So there, there are record numbers of NFTs being minted. It is increasing fees. The, we're not necessarily seeing a, a, I mean, huge volume numbers here. There are many cases where there are, uh, maybe a million or no minted with a, you know, a small transaction or a small amount of time. We've seen a lot of these, these, uh, sort of experimental minting features being used and there are large, large amounts being minted at one time. So I think we should look at this, take this with a grain of salt that you know, just raw numbers of, of it's occurring doesn't necessarily mean that these are more popular than, than Ethereum. You know, costs are definitely uh, something that has kept those down. ERC721 costs uh, specifically have cops, uh, kept some of the mix down there. But yeah, I think there are something, you know, if there's new people that are involved here, you know, people that haven't been necessarily into the uh, NFT or gotten into the NFT system that maybe are getting a chance to do it on the uh, Bitcoin side now. So I don't know. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's not something that I've played around with still all that much looked into a bit, you know, and I tried it out, but you know, for me, it still seems, uh, you know, it's not, it, it's, the, it wasn't what got me into it. So it still doesn't, it's not the most interesting thing in this space to me, but I also understand that there's a lot of people that are very into this. Yeah. I think there's a really telling quote from, uh, Leonidas, the founder of Ord.io here. And uh, it actually is around this idea that, you know, he's sort of acknowledging that like Ethereum is like way ahead. And I quote here, the reality is that over the past five years, Bitcoin has fallen very far behind Ethereum and other Web3 blockchains from an infrastructure and UX perspective. And so it's kind of interesting looking at that kind of tracking back to why is this sudden interest? It's like, you know, what? what was Ethereum doing three years ago? You know, exploding with NFTs, right? Like that's that's 2020. That's where it came into its own. So maybe there's like a sort of weird like uh, maturation rate of the uh, of the chain as a whole. It's just sort of an interesting point that I see in here. All right. Uh, we've got news from Blur. The, let's see, currently the, the top NFT marketplace. They have recently released a uh, lending protocol with uh, an so it was in partnership with uh, Paradigm, the the uh, crypto VC firm, and so this is Blend. So we've seen many different lending protocols in the NFT space. This is combining lending on, uh, with the NFT marketplace here. You know, of course, they'll have uh, some incentives with the Blur token. Uh, they have been uh, you know there've been less incentives recently on the marketplace itself, and there have been. You know, it has resulted in somewhat less uh, activity on the marketplace side. I think that we, you know, this is an attempt to, to bring in 
people in another way. We've seen how they brocaded through various, uh, it's advice of various actions and, uh, you know, they're, they're doing it again here. I'm laughing here. I'm looking at this chart and just seeing the, like this like sudden spike. And if I overlay the like amount of money blur is giving to people to use the platform, it would perfectly overlay. And I feel like this is such like a classic Silicon Valley, you know, meme almost where it's like, oh, we, you know, we're losing money, but we're acquiring customers. We just need to do that. Ex we just need to lose money at scale. And this thing will take off. Like we'll just, we'll make up for it in volume. Like you don't make up for losses in volume. So just interesting to see them taking uh, more investment to throw into not user acquisition, right? Like you're not acquiring new users. You're facilitating and incentivizing transactions. And one user can do a lot of transactions. Right. So, Recognizing yeah. that they can take a, a, a percent of that or a, you know, a, a small it does make me feel like I'm missing have. out on something. If they're going to turn on the spigot again, maybe I'll get in there and start swapping around some stuff, right? It does seem like an arbitrage game, though, because you have to bet that the price of Blur is going to stay pace with Ethereum, which I don't know. All right. Well, we've got some news from the OpenSea, the uh, head of product that was uh, on trial for insider trading. He has then found guilty. I, we, we talked about this a little bit. This was, so what he was doing was uh, buying uh, pieces from collections before they would be featured on the front page of OpenSea. After they were featured on the front page, the price would typically rise due to the visibility and popular or visibility, just uh, the attention that the, uh, the project might get. So then he would sell them. He was doing this often out of of uh, not his main wallet, but it was not, it, it was in his main wallet, but there were ties to his main wallet. So it did not, uh, it wasn't very hard to, to figure out that it was him. So they actually said that that way, the fact that he was using another wallet made it relatively apparent that he understood this was not, that he should not be doing this, that, it, that it really, you know, that it seemed like that was actually part of, of the reason he was found guilty or at least maybe the or I don't know that that's there's no sentencing yet we're still weighing that uh, but all in the all told I think it was under 50k that he that he uh profited initially off of this I mean obviously that uh, has not worked out well for him and it's not even you know, kind of relatively peanuts compared to most of the, the scams that we talk about in the crypto space I'm kind of disappointed. I feel like if you were going to run that scam, you should have done much better. I don't know if that speaks to him as a just sort of bad inside trader. Is he just, you know, not, I don't know, studying the Nancy Pelosi playbook enough? Like, what's the deal? You got like, to get up that Nancy level, right? Not to buy from the front page of OpenSea. And, you know, people listen to us. We have a lot of influence in the, uh, the big, <laughs> big. So, you know, I hit that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it really is. It's, it does feel like should have should have been for a lot more if you're going to get caught doing something. I'm just yes. disappointed. That's all you made. Like, frankly, if they locked up your Ethereum, you probably lost that much just in the depreciation look, I, of the stuff. Maybe they he's got another another wallet somewhere. Mm -hmm. Oh, interesting. He's got a honeypot. Oh, man. <laughs> that's what that's what it would be. After his sentencing, <laughs> suddenly like a like a, a bunch of Pepe's start moving. Yeah, right. 
All right. So Sotheby's has launched a new NFT marketplace. So this is a art marketplace. They're seeing they're seeing some relatively significant uh, volume on the uh, marketplace. There is so they are they're honoring royalties. They have a two and a half percent fee marketplace fee here. They started with the uh, sorry the number of artists. But they did start with a select uh, select group of artists, X Copy, Tyler Hobbs, Claire Silver, handful of others were in there uh, in that list. So I think this is, I mean, it's definitely looks uh, like a competitor to a marketplace like, or a marketplace for to a, a site like Super Rare that has really gone after that high-end uh, art market in the NFT space and has many of those artists uh, among their early among their earliest uh, creators on the site. But no, I think this is, you know, this is big for the art side. You know, we've talked a lot about how the art side has, it, there are a lot of problems that are solved by NFTs just in knowing the authentic, authenticity of a piece, knowing history of who owned it, that sort of thing. There are, uh, there's been a lot of, uh, a lot of curiosity and adoption from, from some of the, I don't know, I wouldn't say necessarily traditional, but more modern art institutions. And, you know, I think this is, this is significant here. Yeah. I think, uh, just as like maybe some, uh, active homework to do, uh, do check out metaverse.sotheby's.com go through and just kind of see the artists and how, frankly, like Sotheby's is defining capital A artists and who's on there. And you'll like, You'll see some folks that we've brought up in the past, like Osinachi, like you brought one of those projects to it. Like very clearly right here, you see uh, an Osinachi piece in here. Uh, we've talked about Claire Silver in the past. Uh, X Copy, clearly you mentioned, but I think- Sarah you Zucker, know, one of your favorites, I, love, I believe. I love Sarah Zucker. Hacktow, although they really dropped Pindar. off the- Oh, Pind I'm long Pindar. But here's the thing. Uh, don't buy from this site, to be clear, uh, because all of those are going to be not affordable in all likelihood because they're pulling together the artists. But think about where you could, I don't know, say, find some deals on these artists. Like we've talked about how you can go chase that down. I think this is a wonderful shopping list. I'm going to retroactively claim that that's my, uh, my affordable project is to, is to scour the Sotheby's metaverse site, collect those artists, and then frankly, like just go go up and down on like blur or wherever you want to go to chase those uh, those artists down for some of their other works. And again, always keep in mind the edition number, like, you know, best practice here, because clearly like, oh, it's so cheap to get this like, you know, one artist and like suddenly you realize there's like 10,000 copies of it. So keep in mind the edition number, uh, not just because the artists, you know, put their their digital sig on it. It's good. All right. We've talked about NFT tickets a handful of times in the past. Sports Illustrated is launching a NFT ticket. Uh, let's see, I don't know if it's called NFT ticket marketplace, but they are launching. They're getting into NFT tickets. I think this is this is this is great. I don't know how how successful this will be. You know, there are there are a handful of big music acts and big you know big players that have tried to break the the ticket master ticket model and it has not been successful. I do hope that there are, you know, that, that, uh, of course, unless you can find a way in here. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of opportunity for this, to be able to have a collectible from 
it can be used both as a, an actual ticket to for, for accessing an event and being able to hold that and say you were there at the event. <laughs> I'm often seeing that, well, it's become part of there was a time when people had paper tickets. They were often nice design. People would save these. That doesn't happen all that much anymore. They're often just, you know, barcodes on your phone or something like that. Now to get into the game anyways, this goes back to being able to have something collectible from it. Yes, it's a digital version. So you sort of get the, the best of both, uh, in my opinion, you know, a little partial here towards the NFT side. Uh, what do you think about this, George? Yeah, I think these are all small steps toward a logical outcome and you just need you know, to chip away at the UX problems that have faced this in different ways and things that bring me joy. It's this hits the list. Polygon built on Polygon. This is kind of funny in this article. They just talk about how box office, which is what they're talking, uh, how they've labeled this ticketing platform built into SI tickets, SI tickets, uh, SI tickets.com. Uh, but <laughs> there's a, Currently are, are featuring a, a, what is it, a, a, a Little League Texas Youth Football Championship game where you can get an NFT, a coveted mm. NFT for attendance there. Uh, up to 2,000 lucky fans will, will be able to get that Texas Youth Football Championship game. Now, hold on. Yeah, I'm, the... I'm joking, but hold on. Like, what if it was your kid in this game, right? Like, so it's things that may mean something quite like special to like a small group of people is still actually highly valuable in a different like in a different way of shaping it you know if you think about you know you, your kids or your family members going to a certain thing and you were there and it's like a point of pride because there's like a memory attached like it like jokes aside like i'm willing to bet there are 20 people watching their kids there being like i'm gonna save this forever this is epic yeah it's a surprising uh kickoff for their first event, maybe, uh, you know, they, they announced a second. How did you beat me to the first dad joke of this session? That's what I want to know. Oh, I, you punned it in there. All right. Oh man. Uh, we got one of the sports headline. We've seen LeBron James out in some artifact. He's been spotted in some artifact NFT. I don't know what the NFT Nike sees, but artifact sneakers, who knows what they are, <laughs> what he may be getting paid to wear them. They sponsored athlete, of course, but uh, yeah, that's, um, they're not, they're definitely not giving up on, on, on this uh, acquisition. You know, they are, you know, Nike has continued to push. They released their poster recently. They're continuing to release new items. And I think it's, they've got a huge, a huge advantage with the number of athletes that are Nike athletes, and if they can nudge some of them in the right way, that it's may it's bring some more fans over to the uh, the metaverse side of Nike. Absolutely. Uh, look, people collect memorabilia worn by athletes, owned by athletes. This is a one of one. Uh, this is a one of one artifact clone X, and guess what? Like you can kind of see what they're they're starting to think. Like, what does a one of one X copy go for, or what a one Tyler Hobbs go for? Interesting. That's what I think this is. 
All right. Got a couple of things going on on the Solana NFT ecosystem. You know, again, this is one that is a bit outside of our, our purview for the most part, but there is a new, uh, let's see, there's a new Mad Lads project on the, the Solana ecosystem. Very popular, probably the most popular one since the D Gods project moved over to Polygon. They, now these are X NFTs, executable NFTs. They can run code. So this is, that's how these are separating themselves. These particular NFTs, this collection is separating itself from, from all Ethereum uh, NFTs. You know, it's, it, it is an interesting concept. I think that hmm, I'm, I would be hesitant especially on the Solana ecosystem of what this could enable. I'd be, be, yeah, I'd be a little bit wary of what that could lead to in terms of what that code could do and the problems that we've seen with Solana. Now, I'm not saying anything based on anything I've seen in the code, but just on what I've seen in the past with Solana and issues. But I think it's cool that this is, it's a, it's a cool experimental feature. I, I think it's great that uh, when there are new things, they try it out. Yeah, on the plus side, I think uh, there's only been one major outage this year for 20 hours that they had to restart the entire network. So that's a you know pretty decent kickoff to the year. Uh, yeah. I guess. But All right, and one the, other. Yeah, oh, go ahead. Yep. Hold on. Here's the problem. Like Solana was the cool kid on the block where you'd have people and new money building on it. And now we're starting to see those people move on to Bitcoin, right? And oh, onto well there, yeah. Bitcoin blockchain, like to, to build there, right? To build their projects, to put their energy in marketing and, you know, uh, efforts there, as well as like, uh, I don't know if we'll get to it maybe next week to see a little bit more like new Ethereum killers, like love popping up with new rounds of funding so that they can run the Solana play again. Uh, so, Yeah. All right, one other. So Magic Eden, uh, the well, the the biggest energy marketplace on the Solana ecosystem. They started getting into other networks and uh, started losing much of their market share to Tensor, uh, which is somewhat the blur of the Solana ecosystem. I've seen this a couple of times with with perhaps maybe expanding or getting out of their, their initial, where they started their target market and quickly losing market share. You know, we are seeing that this is part of, of building on the open, these open, uh, networks that you can move, that users can move very quickly from one end to another. You don't need your, your assets can move from one to another. So there is, you know, I think we're seeing that you really need to to be great at a very specific thing. It's hard to just add another network and say that you're going to do that. You know, I've seen that OpenSea kind of took off, but took their eye off maybe some of the, the, uh, the top, the, the, the traders doing most of their, the trading. They were looking, you know, ahead to other users and, you know, then Blur came in and took a lot of that. And I think that we continue to see how quickly uh, users can move and, seen that here in Magic Eden is quickly refocusing back to Solana. Yeah, I think uh, this this one little headline kind of sends it all. Uh, Tensor is touting itself as the blur of Solana in a announcement about 3 million in seed funding. Yeah, look, uh, 
strike it and replace it, right? Like it, it's just copy paste strategy. Uh, if you spray enough money and you have decent enough features, you'll attract users. But uh, it, I think loyalty is all but non-existent from what I can see when it comes to uh, tools and platforms built on top of these chains. Like tremendous, like dog loyal people on the like the chains they love or the loves of their yeah, lives. Right. But the gateway to that chain, right? right? Bitcoin maxis, not Uniswap maxis. Yeah. I mean, I just actually like, I don't know why this is making me laugh, but like you can probably do a search for like number of people getting tattoos of <laughs> these platforms. You're like, right. oh yeah, man, got, you went, you went and got that. Sea. Yeah. Go got that magic, that magic Eden uh, tattoo. You're like, well, maybe I did a little fast. All right. Well, I'm not going to comment on the, the mistaken tattoos and, and NFTs. Look, I stand by my Polygon tattoo and my uh, Dogecoin tattoo. All right, what do we get into to our... Where do you suggest I keep my private keys, sir? Look, I'm... Okay, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> you have a All right, idea. George. <laughs> what are... So, look, we've got some more AI here. You, what do you want to bring to us? Or who, who would bring this to us? It's because... I don't know if it's you or, or the AI just generated this for us and, and told you to start Hold talking. on. All right. So a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, but here is kind of like where we came about this. Look, deep fakes are absolutely exploding and going to increase over time. And not just like deep fakes, like mm -hmm. more broadly, like did a human create this or did the human I think that I think they did create this? How do we get an authentic stamp that says like, all right, no, for sure, I signed this thing that I sent. There is a reason why DocuSign is like a billion dollar business because we need authentication of a human that agreed to a thing. Hey, here's some text. Here's some writing. Here's an image. Here's a statement that I have signed that I officially think. Like, if not blockchain for that, then what? And if not NFTs as a solution, uh, like, I think, you know, this is a, a tremendous use case that actually has been born of the, you know, current hype cycle around uh, AI. But as I was going through this, like, remember when we were all kind of like laughing about the old world coin with the like retina scanners and we're like, no way in hell would I let like my eyeballs be scanned for like some world coin? Andrew, do you remember? Uh, who the founder of WorldCoin? Who was behind that? I believe that's Sam Altman. Ah, that so sounds familiar. Yeah. Why does that name sound so familiar? I believe it gets something to do with OpenAI. Correct. I feel like we're sitting and watching something that like Sam Altman saw like years and years out, and we're like, like a kindergartner playing chess against this guy. Like, no, we're not playing chess against him, but. Frankly, the number of moves ahead that I think I now realize like, oh, that is why we're especially going to have this moment where proof of personhood is actually going to be kind of necessary when we've got AIs able to quickly mimic, mock, and generate like audio, probably soon video uh, of a person, but they won't be able to get my private keys because they're tattooed somewhere on my body try to find that so here's the thought like you know what does it look like in that land of 
uh, verification. You know, they received 125 million from uh, like Andreessen Horowitz. You know, back in the day when money was was flowing like uh, the yeah, same in a Capistrano. Uh, <laughs> not, not recent dollars. But this is something that I, I may come back around on and, and take a look. And this TechCrunch article was, uh, was floating around uh, just the other month. And you're like, oh, wait a minute. I, I kind of see that. So what do you see like is next level for, for NFTs here? Will they even be really called NFTs? Is it something different? Yeah, it probably won't be in FTs and I feel like we're, I feel like that's already sort of losing steam and especially as you see uh, popular use cases don't take that name. And it seems like this will be much more of a verification system. You know, not entirely, not entirely clear to me what other features may be, be rolled out, but there is a, based on your vision, there is a one-to-one one, digital identity to one real person, it's, it's tied, it, it, or it's tied like that in the sense that you can't have, you can't create an account, a world coin account without having a, a physical scan. So, and I do think it's, I, mean, we, I think we alluded to this a little bit last week or the week before about now NFTs and, and really just blockchain technology in general, oh, to verify whether something is Authentic. And I, you know, I think that's a difficult word to, 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 to define at this point. It's authentic. When I say that I'm, I'm trying to be created by a human, you know, I think that we can see, you know, I think we'll see this. Uh, let's see. I think we, we've already started to see some, some experimentation in the art world. We saw this a long time ago with the introduction of Bato and AI art uh, artist that was on super rare. And, you know, I think that's an interesting case that you have this. It's, it's a wallet that's the same wallet that's making it all the time. Of course, there's a person that, that needs to go do this in that case, but it's really not that far-fetched to think that you could, I mean, you could absolutely set that up. Someone could set that up now to, you know, to do the minting, creating something. And I think it's, at that point, you still won't have any, it wouldn't be tied to the person. I think you can get that so that what we're going to, could potentially do is that you really need to be there, have something that can authenticate, see that there is a human doing this. Now, I'm sure we're also going to see all sorts of pushback. You know, there are a lot of privacy concerns with something like this. I don't know what the solution is to that. There, you know, that's, that's going to be a much bigger issue as people sort of uh, start to understand the level uh, of detail and transactions that you can see with blockchain or with blockchain technology. So if you, if there's not a good solution, I think that that will be a big difference to adoption. All right. I'm about to go on a speculative journey of epic proportion. Are you ready? Here we go. Here we go. Okay. So follow me here. Uh, in uh, near future, right, uh, I think that NFTs are going to play this role where if I create an article, one, it would be associated with my identity, but I would also have like, I need these two entities separate so that the NFT is not me. I have this separate unit of identity that I associated and stamped it, right? That's my signature. I signed on my DocuSign. You kind of get that. So I've created an article, a depth of research, something that is proprietary information that I've generated and put out into the world, like the good old blog post that we used to do. Now here is why that's gonna be particularly important because where things are going right now is we have large language models that were just 
basically vacuuming up. Like I've written a ton of stuff and it was all vacuumed up. I got zero dollars vacuumed up to train somebody else's model. Now, what's more, you can play with tools like Perplexity AI or go on to the Bing chat thing and search for things. And my articles are now being sourced, cited, used. I get zero traffic. I am a footnote. I am a fart in the wind when it comes to somebody understanding me, yet another company is making money off of referencing my data that it also trained on my data. I know millions of other people as well, but this is about me. <laughs> so in this future, what does it look like? And I think I got to give uh, a head nod to Brave, the Brave browser, the basic attention token. They tried to do this to associate but it required everyone needing to go through their portal. If you remember, if you went to a website, you'd accrue BAT, and that was a basic attention token that they would then give to verified websites that went in. Like, look, you, I, you already fell asleep in that process. So in the creator land, what does it look like? You know, in five years when my content and my things that I create are actually stamped with an NFT, and if that NFT is then leveraged, used in any way, guess what can happen? You can then send money to the creator in micro amounts when I'm footnoted in something because an LLM solved some problem, made some ad money, even though the person never made it to me. NFTs, baby. How's that? Woo, there we go. I like it. Coming around to the circle, bringing it back to the NFT. I, no, I, I think there is something here, you know, being able to authenticate the, and, and tie these things together. I mean, I think that's what a big part of what we're missing right now is sort of the tie to a real person. And uh, like you said, there are, there are ways to compensate people with, I mean, we, we, we've seen this, how uh, we've seen, seen the royalty model play out over and over again in, in NFTs. You know, obviously there are issues with it, but we have seen it be very successful. And I think there's a lot of potential to use that to be able to pay creators and the original real creator of these things, the human that created it. If we know that there is a human there of some piece of creation. <laughs> yeah. Alternatively, we all turn to a mooncat based economy mm. and you need a mooncat. Like it's, it's just all about that. And your mooncat creates the content. Yeah. On I a mean, side note, how much do you think it'd be to buy Ponderware? Like they don't exist. Like what would that cost? I don't know. It's a good question. I mean, it's a what is question. that? <laughs> like who's doing that transaction? I, I don't know. I mean, who, I mean, I guess you really would Topic be... for another episode. Let's not waste some like really good things. Cause that's, I mean, yeah, yeah. We should well, probably, hold on. But, yeah, we might <laughs> These have cut topics that don't out. just cut that, cut that, cut that. I'm way too lazy to have cut that. All right. Anything else on our main topic? I feel like we speculate. You know what? We have been oddly premonitioned when we've speculated in the past. So you, you're welcome. There's nothing actionable about that at all. Oh. <laughs> you're welcome. Thank me. Oh. Thank us later. All right. Well, I'm definitely going to clip this episode and be like, we got it right. And we did absolutely nothing with it. Anyway. All right. I'll see you out there. All right. Thanks for listening. This has been an episode of the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs. The episode notes and resources may be found at 3ANFT.com in our show notes. Again, 3ANFT.com. And that reminder, don't bet what you can't afford to lose. Remember, we are not financial advisors and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Thanks for joining us. I hope you learned something. <laughs>